When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers, you find me in the town of Deepwell in the north, in northwest Telsa. The small town of Deepwell sits on the southernmost edge of the stone hills in northwest Telsa. Most of Deepwell's citizens see toils in the collies north of town. The fruits of their demanding labour help sate the kingdom's growing need for stone. A few things to do here. Go visit the Little Dragon Tavern. Little Dragon Tavern is indeed true to its name. Moving about the interior of the small cap tavern is difficult, and you find yourself opening your way through a sizable crowd of patrons just to find enough place to stand without being bumped into. Buy some food and drink, costs one gold token. While hungrily devouring a steaming pot bowl of the tavern's speciality, rabbit and mutton stew, <coughs> and enjoying a flagon of strong gale, you overhear two men talking about a recent incident in a place known as Herswall's Bridge. Introduce yourself to the men and find out more. The men are shocked to find that it is you seated next to them and offer to buy, buy you an ale. Seems that your fame as an adventurer spread even to the far corners of the kingdom. You graciously accept their kind offer and listen as they relate to you the tale they heard just this morning. One of the men, head of a local team, Stonehorse, told you the traveller passing through Deepwell this morning met up with him and his crew as they were departing for a day's toll in one of the quarries north of town. You learn that the traveller told a tale of a knight that was in pursuit of a band of trolls and attacked a village in the neighbouring kingdom of Flaeldon. According to the traveller, who had won across the night, what a place known as Hersor's Bridge, the brave Pelades warrior had slain seven of the trolls and was attempting to take down their savage leader when the beast fled beneath the ancient bridge. According to what I have been told, says the man, the trolls still hold up under the bridge, and the knight's determined to wait him out. Dare say the knight's bound to fall asleep and become a tasty meal. Meal, before the troll crawls out of there. So, I can ask the men how to get to Hersall Bridge. The two men give you detailed directions to Hersall Bridge. The discovery is located to the north and western town in the Stone Hills. After memorising the directions, you thank them for the owl and the story and bid them farewell.
buy food and drink again. You hungrily devour a steaming bowl of the tavern speciality, rabbit and mutton stew, and enjoy a flagon of strong ale. The food and drink hope to remove much of the wariness the road has laid upon you. It's an adventure for this location, the Merchants of Bones, but not yet, not yet. Now the Tired Eye Inn. The inn is a surprisingly spacious and cheery place, unlike many of the plainer structures common throughout Deepwell. The, the proprietor, a man named Nora, always seems to be busy cleaning up the common room. What is that? Observation link for the common room. Glancing about the common room, you spot several crude paintings hanging on the wall, each piece of art, seemingly depicting locations in and around Deepwell. Speak with Norwell. Norwell turns out to be quite friendly and he converses with you on a variety of topics, featuring on much, much of the more recent local happenings. When you at last introduce yourself as Zoop, his eyes widen. He stares in disbelief. You must forgive me, he says. We don't often have visitors of your status up this way. I do not wish to burden you with my problems, good sir, but I've currently got quite a problem on my hands. Would you spare a moment to hear me, hear me out on it? Listen to what he has to say. But, but... Nero tells you in a hushed tone, the inn has long been played, what he refers to as a curse. You learn that almost 100 years ago, Trendo, the man who built the inn, was found dead in the cellar, apparently crushed by a falling wine cask. Ever since then, throughout the years, people have heard and seen strange things in and about the tired inn. The tired eye, especially at night. Nero says that countless people over the past century reported seeing the ghost of Trundle in Deepwell, but almost always these sightings have occurred in the inn, and almost exclusively in the basement. Mind you, says Nor, making certain he's not overheard by the few patrons sitting about the comm room, old Trundle wasn't killed by a toppled cask. He was murdered, as far as I can read on it, and the cask was shoved on him by his killer act, who was already dead. You know, to cover one's own marks. That's why I think he's still lurking about. Until he's had a chance to score revenge on the one who did him wrong. Nora comes straight to the point and tells you he would be grateful if you could take a look into the cellar tonight and settle the matter once and for all. There's no one brave enough around here to go down. There after dark, he tells you. With half of those would never admit to believing in the ghost at all. Gotten used to the idea of something is down there. It's not particularly good for business. I mean, how can it be? Agreed to go into the cellar of night and seek out the ghost. A blessing on you, Zoop, he says, wringing your hand. I'll not forget this. I swear I won't. You can look, look for this adventure under the adventures for this location link upon entering the inn. Yay, I've just got a new... I just unlocked a new logo, new adventure. Adventures for this location. Listed below on the adventures currently available here. Click start adventure to embark on a particular adventure. May you return safe and sound. Into the cellar. What lurks in the cellar of the Tired Eye Inn? Start this adventure and embark on it.
It's after dark when you finally make your way down into the cellar of the inn. The common room is empty, and Nora has busied himself splitting firewood out of back, missing he does not have the metal for such things. A short flight of well-worn steps takes you into the cool, dry cellar, where much of the inn's provisions are stored, including several large casks of wine. You make a quick but thorough search of the cellar, but see no sign of anything out of the ordinary, let alone a roving spirit. Confident the cellar was devoid of any ghost, as you figured it would be, make your way to the stairs, only to be confronted by a gruesome sight now blocking your only exit. Seated at the foot of the steps is the faintly glowing apparition of a middle-aged man garbed in a wide smock. The ghost looks up and regards you with an icy stare. You note that the left side of the ghost's skull seems to be caved in, as if in life the man had been struck in the head by a heavy, blunt object. Alone? This is the ghost? You're braver than most. This town is full of cowards. It always has been. It was a coward who lay there in ambush for me 100 years ago and took from me what little I had in this world. Do not know the pretext, pretext of your visit, but I'll ask for your help. Realise now, without question, you are face to face with the ghost of Trando, the man who built the inn a century ago. So I can just attack the ghost, or listen to what the ghost has to say. Obviously, I'm going to listen to what the ghost has to say. Ghost of Trando tells you that the man who robbed him was the town blacksmith, a man by the name of Elbrid, and he still haunts the ruins of the old smithy just outside town. His conscience keeps him from rest, says the ghost of Trando. He robbed many in this town, who are the only, who I'm the only one to ever perish by his hand. A robbery was not his motive. My murder was at the quest of his father, Elbrid the Elder as black-hearted man as could ever have hoped to walk among the living. No doubt he still carries with him what I desire above all else. Above even revenge! A box of letters. You learn that Trowdo was still to be married to Elbrid's sister, but the reunion was a lot looked upon favourably by the elder Elbrid, who could not convince his daughter to find another suitable husband. So the elder Bowbrid had his son murder Trendo to make sure the marriage would never take place. Elbrid the Younger took from me these things in my possession when he killed me. He took a box of letters that his sister had written me, of the most tender variety, perhaps to remove all trace of his family's hand in my death, said Ghost. If you could just find the the ghost of Elbrid the Younger, and retrieve the weave for me those letters, I could at last rest, which is no doubt what the current owner of this place would like. Agree to attempt to get the letters back. Your, your ghost of Trendo thanks you and, and fades from you. Before tracing me the vanished, a harsh whisper fills the air. You'll find the ruined smithy east of town. You promptly mount the cellar steps, leave the inn, and head east out of town. Not far from out of deep water east, you come across the crumbling, overgrown remains of the old town smithy. 
The main building is in the final stages of disrepair and appears to be on the verge of collapse. A sound from behind the smithy alerts you to possible danger and you round the building cautiously, bringing yourself face to face with a particularly gruesome spectre. The growing, the glowing, half-rotted corpse standing before you in the tall grass behind the ruined smithy could be none other than that. The younger Elbrid, long, black locks with scraggly hair, matted with blood and grime, cling to his rotted scalp, and thick yellow worms work their way in and out of this festering yellow door. Yellow door. Trondo has sent you, no doubt, this is the his hollow eye sockets momentarily filled with bright white light. He sneaks sleep as badly as I do. Yet there is, yet there is nothing that can be done. You are forever cursed. Leave me here before I have, have you join us. You tell the young Japan that if Trando were to at last find, find rest, there's a chance he would as well. But you hear none of it. You ask him if he still possesses the box of letters. The sister sent to Trando, but he only snarls viciously in reply. I've warned you to leave here, he hisses. You would do well to heed that warning. So I can just attack, or I can attempt to reason with him further. Okay, I'll do that one. Attempt to reason with him further. You attempt to convince Elbrid the Younger that by returning the letters to Trando, if he still has them, it may indeed bring an end to the undead curse that afflicts both of them, as well as take a step towards righting the wrong done by his hand so many years ago. Picking a number, bonus of 92. 19 from luck, 73 from diplomacy. Yeah, 117, 60, 32 experience to diplomacy. Last, after a lengthy plea and a litany of clever arguments, hideous ghoul that was, belt, was once Eldred the Younger relents and agrees to return the letters to Trando. He fetches a wooden box from within the ruined smithy and places it in your hands. My father's cold heart and my unwillingness to stand up to it ruined countless lives over this one affair. He hisses. Return Return those to these to Trando and bear with him my apologies for everything. Thank you. You bid her you thank Ibrit and start off at once for the inn. The box of letters tucked safely under your arm. The ghost of Trando gratefully accepts the box of letters and thanks you over and over for at last bringing him to peace bringing him to a peace that he has not known for a hundred years. Go well, friend, hisses the ghost softly, as he and the box of letters slowly fade from view. And never carry vengeance in your heart. When he is at last vanished, that vanished, you vanished, you take a look around before mounting the stairs to bring news of your success to Nora. Nora is overjoyed and quite relieved. So the end, is at end has come at last to the curse, which is so long hung over the inn. A little something for your trouble, he says, producing a wooden box that contains a large quantity of gold. Don't you dare refuse it, Zoop. 
What you've done done for me is worth thrice that, had I that much to pay. You accept the gold and thank Nora. 300 gold tokens. Alright. You bid Nora farewell and leave the tired Irian, stepping out into the refreshing night air of Deep Hell. That finishes this adventure with 256 experience to general. Alright. No. Now, let's see. And then, then there's the adventure in in the tavern. Let's do that one next. The white-haired, hobbling man leads you over to his covered wagon, where you become witness to his gruesome but fascinating collection. Start the adventure. White-haired man, you've just watched hobble his way towards the crowded, across the crowded tavern to your cave table, takes the seat directly opposite to you and introduces himself as Thurin. He promptly tells you it's a proposition to make that may be of interest to you. You ask him how he knows you. He tells you that your name has come to his attention. I can hardly think I'm the only one who knows of you, Zoop, he says with a friendly smile. Suddenly, the tavern's proprietor. Thick-armed man with a shiny bald head and no discernible neck strides up to the old man's side, angrily demands he leave. I'll not have you pestering good folk in here with your foolishness, he snaps. I'll give you the dignity of walking yourself out, but mind you, don't press my patience. Therion rolls his eyes and sighs. He then stands and turns to head for the door. After he's taken nearly a dozen steps, he turns and motions for you to follow him outside. Are you interested in my advice? You'll stay away from that one, says the tavern keep, shaking his head as he watches the old man depart. Well, obviously I'm going to follow the strange fellow out of the tavern. You promptly wise and, allow, and follow Theron out of the tavern. Outside the old man, whose movement is accompanied by a pronounced hobble, walks up to the back of the covered wagon and begins to untie the rope that binds the grimy flaps closed. Much maligned I am in these parts, he says, laughing as he turns to face you. Few appreciate what I do, but when I see someone like yourself, Twain finishes struggling with the rope and draws open the flaps, revealing a vast and ghoulish collection that fills nearly every square inch of the wagon's interior. You stare at the vast array of skulls and bones on display in the back of the wagon, each of them meticulously labelled and sorted. The skulls, which interest you the, you the most, appear to be mostly non-human. Dragons, goblins, trolls, ogres and many other creatures are all represented in this morbid but well-ordered collection of remains. All castaways, he says, gazing upon his collection with pride. I've never killed anything as long as I've lived, but I confess that skulls and bones interest me a great deal. Folks in this region call me the Merchant of Bones, unless they're running me out of Cat Town, of course. You commend to Anne on his strange but fascinating collection and ask what it is he wished to discuss with you. You're an adventure, are you not? He says, turning to face you. I've need of your services, you see. Terran tells you he recently came into possession 
the map that details the location of a long hidden crypt, not far to the north of Deepwell. He says that the small amount of research he was able to do on the crypt, and the map has led him to believe the tomb is the final resting place of an ancient warlord who once ruled over a vast domain in the region now known as the Stone Hills. He took an axe, or sword, it wasn't claw, which, which, straight to the right side of his head, about a year before he died. It was written that an iron plate was affixed to his skull to mend the gap in the bone. Mend the gape in the bone that was rendered by the mighty blow he sustained, he says. Very much like to have, have that skull. You see, it's not the bones themselves, but the stories behind them interest me, mostly. Asked to Aaron if he's been to the site of the crypt, and he nods. I've been to it, he says, but I haven't set foot in it, and I won't either. That's the matter I wish to pancake, to place in your capable hands. And I pay you quite handsomely for the trouble. Terran then disappears into the back of the wagon and emerges only a few moments later, holding a large and very strange-looking serpent skull. You've never seen one like this, have you? He says, holding up the flawless settlement you just see. There aren't many, many who have, I'd wager. It's not a dragon, and not any man or serpent I'm familiar with. Be a fair payment for troubling you to go down into the tomb. What do you say to it? Accept the task. Tyrion smiles and thanks you for accepting the task. I knew you were spoiling for adventure, he says, as the two of you climb aboard the rickety seat front of the wagon. Yet the crypt's not far from here. These old girls will get us there. Tyrion snaps the reins and the two horses hitch to the wagon. Start off along dirt. Deep Road's main thoroughfare, heading slowly north into the hills. Only a short while later, after a rather uncomfortable ride, you find yourself standing in the midst of a thick pocket of tall pines, directly in front of the half-buried entrance of the ancient tomb. The iron door that once guarded the crypt has long since crumbled, leaving only a dark opening, beyond which are a set of stone stairs the descent steeply into the earth. Well, there it is, says Truin, peering around you in the dark opening of the earth. I'll wait right up here. Take care in there now, and mind you don't get yourself hurt. I certainly would like to have the warlord's skull if indeed it's to be found there, but I much prefer you to get back out safely. You thanked Theron for his concern and told him you'll do your best to locate the skull. As the merchant of bones retreats to the side of the wagon, you step forward and prepare to enter the tomb. Climb down into the crypt. You stand at the base of the crumbling steps that lead up and out of the musty crypt. To the east and west, the broad to tomb corridor disappears into deep gloom. So, here we are. It's a pretty small dungeon, it's just... A big square that goes round the edge. One on the southern side, southeast corner, eastern side now. Pick a number. Bonus of 49. 19 from thievery, 20 from aura, 10 from luck. Got to get 75 or more. Success! You suddenly freeze in your tracks. You take notice of a heavily concealed trap in the passage ahead. 
appears that someone or something has gone to great lengths to ensure that this crypt and its contents are not disturbed. Despite the complexity of the trap, we believe it might be possible to either disarm it or carefully step back it, past it. So I can disarm it, navigate past it, or head back south along the corridor. But there'll be other traps in other directions, so I have to deal with this. Disarm the trap. With the necessary tools of your trade at hand, you set about the painstaking and dangerous task of attempting to disarm the trap. Pick a number. Bonus of 19 from thievery. Need 44 or more. Success. 16 XP to, th to thievery. You smile with satisfaction as you successfully complete your disarmament of the trap. You may now proceed without fearing of triggering the well-laid centuries-old snare. Alright, moving up to the northeast corner. Oh, it's a pick a number. Bonus 49. Need 75 or more. Success! You suddenly freeze in your tracks as you take notice of a cleverly concealed trap. Passages ahead. So I'll disarm this one too. Bonus of 19. Need 44 or more. Failure. Without warning. The entire section passage fills with dense, noxious grey cloud. You gag on the putrid, deadly gas. The deadly coxings hovering the mist that has enveloped you begin to seep into your lungs, causing a series of painful spasms to erupt throughout your body. Pick a number. Bonus of 20 from body. Need 50 or more to not get even more hurt. Failure. Your body is unable to fend off the worst of the toxic cloud's deadly effects, and you suffer great harm as the hands the well laid centuries old trap. 11 stanima points are lost. Despite the considerable damage you sustained and a lingering feeling of nausea, you haven't been permanently harmed by your exposure to the gas. For several long moments, the cloud dissipates. Okay, going on to the north side. A grand stone sarcophagus its sides adorned with carvings that depicts sword-wielding horsemen in pursuit of a dragon. Stands against the north wall of the corridor. The lid of this burial box, which must at one time have been equally grand, lies smashed on the floor. At the base, so I can go east, west, or peer into the sarcophagus. Into the sarcophagus. You peer into the sarcophagus and your heart leaps when you behold a large skull resting at the very bottom of the burial box, a corroded iron plate has been fitted into the right side of the skull. You have no doubt that indeed, that indeed the skull of the ancient warlord, that this is indeed the skull of the ancient warlord that Theron has tasked you to retrieve. Take the skull. You reach in the sarcophagus and take hold of the sizable skull. It's an iron patched skull. View. This large skull, patched on the right side by an alcoholic plate of iron, is that of an ancient warlord who once, who once held dominion over the region still known as the Stone Hills. This is the skull that Theron, the merchant of bones, tasks you with retrieving from the crypt. 
as you step back into the centre of the corridor, admiring the object of your quest, now clamped firmly between your hands, a sudden and ghastly wail erupts in the distance and echoes along and echoes eerily along the passage. Twice more the horrid wail repeats, and with each, and with each sounding the sinister chilling call seems to be growing closer. You look east and west, straining to peer through the gloom in either direction, but nothing moves in the darkness of the crypt. Suddenly, the sound of something heavy being dragged along the floor reaches your ears. With no desire to remain here even a moment longer, you immediately set off on your way out of the tomb. Okay, looking at the sarcophagus, already looted it to the west. Alright. Ooh, I'm looking for a trap. Bonus of 49, gotta get 75 or more. Failure. You sprung a hidden trap. Without warning, the entire section of passage fills with a dense, noxious grey cloud. You gag on the putrid, deadly gas. The deadly toxins hovering in the mist that enveloped you begin to seep into your lungs, causing a series of painful spasms to erupt throughout your body. Pick a number. Bonus of 20. From body, and got to get 50 or more. Failure! Oh, so close. It's 48. Your body is unable to fend off the worst of the noxious cloud's deadly effects. And you suffer great harm at the hand of the well-laid, centuries-old trap. Despite the considerable damage you sustained, and the lingering feeling of nausea, you haven't been permanently harmed by your exposure to the gas. After several long moments, the cloud dissipates. Out of the near impenetrable gloom at the edge of your pool of white, staggers a horrifying undead menace. A towering, headless human skeleton. The tatters of a, of a fur robe still clinging from its bony neck and a rusted, double-bladed axe gripped tightly in its fleshless fingers steps into view. A loud, low moan echoes off the walls of the corridor and fills you with a deep sense of dread. Okay, how, how is it moaning without a head? How is it moaning? How is it moaning? Ah, it's like two impossibles. Several chains dangle from the undead creature's limbs, three of which are bound to a large slab of stone the skeleton drags along the passage in its wake. Hanging from a thick piece of cloth that encircles his splintering hips is a large cloth sack. You suddenly realise that the undead denson of this crypt is likely the skeletal remains of the ancient warlord those heads you removed from the sarcophagus. Okay, I don't think this guy was well liked. I mean, he was chained to his own sarcophagus. Yes, yes, he probably said, hey, I'm gonna come back and kill you all. Oh yeah, we're gonna chain you to your own sarcophagus and then chop your head off. Yes. And put it next, you know, no. 
you know, we're, we're OCD about that. We'll, we'll bury you, we'll chop your head off, chain you to the sarcophagus. That'll keep you down. But it didn't. Yeah, that, that's probably something like that. Another moan rises into the air. As another moan rises into the air, the fearsome skeletal... Fearsome skeleton staggers forward and attacks. Begin combat with a towering headless skeleton. Wow, it's managing to still be towering even without a head. Must be really big then. The towering skeleton swings one of its loose chains at you. Yes. Okay, and slain. 22 XP. The towering skeleton collapses into a pile of splintered bone at your feet. You step back from the remains and wipe the sweat from your brow as you attempt to catch your breath. The skeleton's large axe is corroded and useless, but in a cloth sack that's tied to the rope encircling its fleshless hips, you discover a hidebound book. Close examination of the strange find. Fine. Reveals it to be an ancient history of the North Broadlands. Okay, how did how did this get here? Uncertain as to what value it may hold, you decide to take it with you. It's a hidebound book. This hidebound book is an ancient history of the North Broadlands. After taking several moments to check over your equipment, you once again set off along the corridor. Eager to make your way out of this musty crypt. Okay, I'm in the northwest side. Now I'm going. I'm finishing the circle. Pick a number. Bonus 49, 75 or more needed. Success! You suddenly freeze in your tracks as you take notice of the cleverly concealed trap in the passage ahead. It appears that someone or something has gone to great lengths to ensure that this crypt and its contents are not disturbed. Despite the complexity of the trap, you believe you might be able to... It might be possible to either disarm it or carefully step past it. Of course, disarm it. With thievery. With, with the necessary tools of your trade at hand, you set about the painstaking and dangerous task of attempting to disarm the trap. Pick a number. Bonus 19 from Feathery. Need 44 or more. Success with 44. Ooh, so close. I almost set it off a few times. But in the end, I just, just managed to do it. 16 XP to Feathery. You smile with dissatisfaction as you successfully complete your disarmament of the trap. You may now proceed without fear of triggering the well-laid, centuries-old snare. Alright, back to the entrance. You stand at the base of the crumbling steps that lead up and out of this musty crypt. To the east and west, the broad tomb corridor disappears into deep gloom. And, well, in the west of the tomb, the text says... The stale, musty air that pervades this ancient crypt seeps into your lungs as you make its way through its shadowy corridors. Okay, I am done now. Climb the stairs and exit the crypt. You emerge from the musty gloom of the crypt into the welcome light of day streaming through the ceiling of pine brows that shelter this spot. 
Tran, who appears to be napping against the back wheel of his wagon, quickly sits up and stares at you expectantly. Obviously eager to hear about the details of your exploration of the tomb. With the iron-plated skull hidden away amongst your belongings, realise you must now either give him the coveted item, or pretend you did not find it. Really, I've, I've no reason to keep this, so I'm going to hand over the skull. Terran shrieks with delight as you produce the iron-plated skull of the ancient warlord and hand it to him. He spends nearly a minute examining the skull from all sides, while incessantly commenting on the grand state of his condition. Dare not hope it would be in there, he cries, fidgeting with the iron plate still firmly fixed to the right side of the skull. That was no small feat, my friend. Well done. As promised, Theron hands you the strange-looking serpent skull. Your promised payment for the task. It's a serpent skull. This strangely shaped serpent skull, given to you by Thirin, the Merchant of Bones, as payment for your services as an adventure, is like none you've ever seen before. You wonder what sort of slivering creature this large skull belonged to. There's something about that piece, he says, pausing to gaze at the serpent skull now west of your hands. I suppose someone, somewhere, might have something more to say on it, but I confess I'm at a loss. You're certain to be the only person with one of those. Unless, of course, it, there was another member of this thing species, in which case, that serpent, that serpent has that skull in its head. Yes. With the strange-looking serpent skull now in your possession, Prepare to head off on your way. As you head south towards Deep Pro, where you hope to quench your thirst, growing thirst with some of the little dragons tolerable and strong ale, you wonder if you ever again meet up with the odd fellow known as the Merchant of Bones. 128 experience to General and 32 XP to all skills and powers. Yeah, the thing is, I've just found an ancient book. And last time, we, we were helping out with a library. I wonder if that person would like to have a look at this book. It seems to be, uh, I mean, that's where, that's where books should be, in libraries. You know, when they're not being rented out well, not being rented, let loaned on loan to the people who are currently reading them. But I'm not currently reading this book, so it should be in a library. Northwest, Kerthill Wise. Visit Kerthill Wise. Yep, that the station's plans. Particular item may be of use here. Alright, where, where, where is it? Where is it? No, not, not that one. Not the leather-bound journal. Is it hide-bound book? Yep, hide-bound book. This hide-bound book is an ancient history of the North Borderlands. Make use of it.
You certainly recall the high-bound book you discovered in the crypt of the warlord, and draw it from amongst your belongings to show it to Jospera. The priest's eyes widen as he carefully turns the discarded pages of the ancient text. A remarkable find, he cries excitedly, looking up at you. Very much like to have this for the library. Might you consider passing with it? I'm afraid that I can offer you little void. Of course you can have the book. 64 experience to general. Jospor smiles and thanks you for your generosity. There is much we might hope to learn from this text, he says. Thank you, Zoop. You're about to bid him farewell and set off on your way when he hands you a small leather pouch. He presses it into your palm and you can feel several corn-like objects through its thin skin. This, these were given to me several years ago by someone whose life, I say, he says. It's quite a story, I shall be glad to tell you sometime. But the contents of the pouch are of little use to me. I hope, I hope you can use them. You are surprised to discover the pouch contains four adventurer tokens. You thank Jospor for the tokens, but he's quick to dismiss your polite gesture. With a polite wave of his head. Yay, adventurer tokens. Thank you again, Zoop, he says, and stay safe. You bid farewell to the priest and set out on your way. Okay, back to Deepwell. And you save here, and there's one more thing to do. We're told that there's a troll under a bridge. And since I'm here, I might as well do that as well. Travel to Herzl Bridge. The imposing structure of this Herzl Bridge stands over a wide gully that was once a mighty river. Much of the centre of the bridge has collapsed, and you summarise that the structure might not be entirely stable. Seated on a grassy slope, not far from the edge of the gully, is a white-bearded man, attired in chain armour. A broad axe rests across the man's lap, and his eyes are fixed on a dark opening at the base of the collapsed portion of the bridge. Approach the man. The man is startled by your sudden appearance, and leaps to his feet, brandishing his broad axe. Upon discerning that you mean him no harm, he relaxes his guard and initiates a shoulder cross. You learn that his name is Orndorf, and he is a Highlandese knight who has trailed a savage band of trade-coals from his home kingdom into Tosa. He tells you that the trolls were responsible for wiping out an entire village on the border of his nation. No right to pursue him into Tosa, besides, and yet... So first he was I for justice, I'll sooner what what in some gale, then let those wicked creatures go unpunished. You're quite impressed to learn that there are eight trolls in all, and Orndorf has slayed all but one. The leader's gone under the bridge, he says, frowning. I'm no spry young man anymore, and I can still swing a chopper with the best of them. But crawling around under something like that is something I'm not eager to do. You'll come out come you'll come out when he gets good and hungry. So I can offer to go down and drive the troll out from under the bridge. Wish him luck and continue on your way. Or for some reason I could attack him. I don't think there's no real reason to do that. 
So obviously I'm going to offer to go down and drive the troll out from under the bridge. Old Jeff becomes excited at the proposition and quick proposition and quickly agrees to it. He tells you that if you can approach from the other side and drive the troll into the mist of the gully, he will be lying in wait to ambush the beast. Bruce, when it emerges, wishes you luck, and you wish him the same, as you make your way down into the ravine to the base of the crumbling and partially collapsed bridge. Standing before the dark opening that Aldraff pointed out, you attempt to determine your next course of action. Quite a few options here. I can just crawl into the opening in search of the troll. I can use destruction, telekinesis, illusion, archery or thievery. I'm going to give destruction a go. It's succeeded. Challenging your power to 32 experience to destruction. Challenging your power to destruction. You focus on a large slab of stone just above the dark opening. In a matter of moments, the slab has disintegrated and the entire structure begins to quake. And Wade's bellow stales out of the dark opening. As the bellowing gets louder, you quickly retreat to where Aldrith lies in ambush. The massive cave troll emerges from the dark opening at the base of the bridge and lopes through the overgrown gully. When he draws near to the spot where Aldrith lies in ambush, the white-haired knight rises from his hiding space and boldly engages the fearsome beast. Before you can even attempt to join the fray, the cave troll is dead. Aldrith hacks off the creature's head and immediately sets about, sets about cleaning off the blade of his axe. 64 XP to General. Aldrith thanks you for your help and tells you he will now return to Plydon. And he hopes he can maintain the secrecy of his mission to Tysa. Not getting any younger, he tells you as you depart. From, so we may likely never cross paths again. But I know I shall forever remember and admire your selfless courage, Soup. May the world be ever kind to you. You bid him farewell and prepare to set off on your way. Alright, and I think that finishes... Everything in Deepwell for now, I think. Yep, there we are. Yeah, that's Deepwell finished with. Nothing in the Tired Dragon Inn, nothing in Little Dragon Tavern. Okay, I'm going to save. And that's, that's us done for now. And so, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.